0: chapter bhagwan reveals his own nature who is ishvara is very clearly understood when we study this chapter there's a lot of confusion in the world about god where is god how is god so when we study this we understand what is the meaning of god or ishvara so all that we see is Ishvara alone. All that is been seen. Isha vasimidam sarvam yatkincha jagatyam jagata. The whole world should be seen as pervaded by God. Yatkincha. Every little atom, every little molecule, everything is pervaded by Ishvara. So, Ishwara has got his two Prakritis, the Apara and Para, and together he expresses as this world through this Prakriti. So, all beings, all our, uh, what you call, various Lokas, various objects, the entire cosmos, with all the different types of uh, Jivas, different types of experiences, different types of uh, emotions and thoughts, Everything is expression of that divinity alone. Nothing other than God exists. Just as in ocean, nothing other than water exists. But still, when we talk about the ocean, we talk about it as ocean and as waves. So when we talk about it as wave, we mean a small little uh, form. And when we talk about ocean, We consider the entire uh, large form with all the waves, but essentially it is water alone which expresses. Similarly, God alone expresses as apara and para-prakriti, so apara is the eightfold, the five elements, the ahankar, the cosmic ahankar, the cosmic uh, intelligence, which we see expressed in everything. And that is what science also studies. When we try to find out some laws behind the various things which we see, we get a glimpse of the intelligence of God. We come to know as as if the mind of God. So that is cosmic intelligence. Even beyond that is the unmanifest Prakriti. And this eightfold Prakriti alone then, combination, permutation becomes the manifold world with all the beings, so which modifies into the various sense organs and the various objects and everything is just expression of this eightfold prakriti. And the para-prakriti is that consciousness which expresses as life, because of which one is conscious, one is aware, and that awareness is something different from matter because one is aware of matter also. One is aware of all these five elements. One is aware of one's mind, one's intellect, the senses. So this one is aware of the waking, dream, deep sleep state. So this awareness is different from that matter. So this awareness is what we call the uh, para-prakriti. And this para and apara-prakriti Together forms Bhagwan's Prakriti, and Bhagwan is beyond this Prakriti also. He is that supreme Brahma, nameless, formless. So Bhagwan says, I am the very uh, origin, the sustenance and the dissolution of this whole world. There is no, no one different from me, other than me, lesser than me. I alone am there. The whole world is like pervaded by me, like the thread which pervades the mala. So he goes on to give his vibhuti, which we can you uh, contemplate upon to experience God. So vibhutis are mentioned here. Vibhutis are special expressions of God. That way, the entire cosmos is a special expression only. But within this cosmos, Bhagwan names few few objects and few things as a special vibhuti, which can be uh, contemplated upon for our uh, easy understanding on experience of God. More about this vibhuti, Bhagavan in detail will mention in the tenth chapter. He mentions vibhuti here in seventh, he briefly mentions in ninth chapter also, but when Arjuna asks him in detail, he mentions in the 10th chapter. So vibhutis are special expressions of God, like we say gold and gold ornaments. The ornaments are special expressions of gold, different types of ornaments we see. They have their own specialities. Similarly, Bhagwan expresses as this world and how to recognize him in this world. He says, I am in the water as taste. In the sun and the moon, I am the, I am the light. In all the Vedas, I am the om. In, in space, I am sound. And in all human being, I am that humane, humanity or humaneness. Further, Bhagavan tells some more vibhutis, the ninth verse. Punyo gandha prithivyancha. Tejas Vibhavasau, viphava so, Tapasvishu, Punyogandha Deevanamsarva Deshu, Vibhavasau, Bhuteshu, tapas tapas Bhagavan says, I am in this Prithvi, on earth or in all matter. Bhagavan says, I exist as Gandha. Gandha means fragrance on earth also, or the fragrance which we experience is Bhagavan only. And what type of Fragrance, Bhagwan says, punyo a very pure, very, very, very pavitra, punya, very divine, pure fragrance which we experience on earth is Bhagwan's vibhuti only. Sometimes we experience foul smell also, but that happens because of the impurities which uh, humans and others, they put in that, in that soil ji writes that because of the um, ignorance and not following dharma, human beings pollute the earth and pollute other expressions of God, because of which there is vikar, and in that vikar we don't experience the vibhuti very clearly. Like in Ganga, if we pollute the Ganga, The purity is not observed. So punyo gandha prithivyancha and in that same different types of gandha is there in prithvi. And it, you can experience this when it comes out in the form of various types of flowers. There are so many different types of flowers are there. It comes from that prithvi only. If you, if you smell that earth, you might not uh, get that fragrance i mean the natural fragrance will be there but when it comes out in the form of various flowers it's so very wonderful so when we when we get that fragrance also when we experience that first rain and that uh, fragrance of this earth comes it's like bhagwan only entering our system through our nostrils so that gandha bhagwan says is my vibhuti the very essential nature of prathvi, Tattva is Gandha only. So without Gandha Pratvi is no pratvi. Pratvi tattva is experienced only through our nose and that is Bhagwan's Vibhuti. So even when we when we do puja and all, we offer the flowers, we apply the chandan and all and then afterwards we take it as prasad and we smell it. It's like prasad from bhagwan experiencing bhagwan in the form of that fragrance so that is bhagwan's vibhuti arjuna was promised bhagwan had promised him that he will give him knowledge as well as experience now he is giving him the experience of his own self through in and through this whole world sit No temples and no special idols are necessary to experience God. I am not against temples and idols, but uh, not required. This whole world is Bhagwan's vibhuti only. And that's what our good old tradition also keeps telling us. When we say that we worship the mountains, we worship the rivers, we worship the, the sun, the moon, the what you call the the earth, the different animals, cow, different types of uh, plants. Later on, when people became little uh, um, impure and disturbed, we had to create some more forms. Otherwise, the whole world is a temple. Yad karma karo mitat tadakilam Whatever karma we do is Bhagwan's aradhana. Our walking on this earth with this attitude that the whole earth is Bhagwan's vibhuti, is his pradakshina only. And whatever words we utter, good words we utter, is Bhagwan's stuti only. It need not be special stuti or special bhajan we have to sing, but if we speak nicely with other human beings or with animal birds, that is Bhagwan's stuti only. You don't have to do something special. Hmm. Because of doing something special we have forgotten God actually. Because when we have temples, we, our focus is that God is within that temple and we forget that He is outside also. Therefore some great Mahatmas came in our country and they just uh, said that you worship the whole world as God. Don't waste your time in little little murtis and all, but focus your attention. On God, who is expressing as this whole world. So this, keeping this in mind, when we, when we, when we do our sadhana, it becomes more effective. We can have temples, we can go do namaskar, but at the same time, when you come out of the temple, do namaskar to the world also. It's same thing. Hmm. So punyogandha prithivyanchat, Tejas Chasmi Vibha Vasav. Bhagavan says, I am the Teja in fire. Vibha. Vibha vasav is fire. In fire, that brilliance and that, um, um, what do you call, tej which is there in fire. Fire is the most miraculous thing, actually. First time when human being might have seen that fire and all, it was like a great uh, surprise, even for a child and all. Fire has got its own attraction. Though one should not be play with fire, like in Diwali and all we do, but fire has got its own charm and beauty. See, Bhagwan <coughs> uh, created this world first as Akash, then Vayu. Akash we cannot see, Vayu we cannot see, then fire. Fire is the first thing which we see the first darshan of bhagwan we get through fire therefore there are many religions who worship fire as god which is most beautiful most natural no no special form is required fire is the first expression of god which we can see then bhagwan expresses water which we can taste and then earth we can smell but fire we can see if you have to have darshan of bhagwan we look at fire Therefore every, our ritual, everything begins by lighting a lamp, invoking God as that, as that fire in whose presence everything we do. So Tejas Chasmi Vibhava, so I am that Teja in fire. So next time we look at fire, we should remember this, that Bhagavan alone is expressing through that fire. See, there are different uh, different uh, ways of looking at the same object. Object remaining same, ten people, ten different people will look at it in ten different ways. Like for example, a flower, a rose, everyone will look at it differently, a poet will look at it differently, an artist will look at it differently, he will see some some colors, more colors, more form. A sad person will look at it differently. A happy person will look at it differently. Hmm. So flower remaining same is seen differently by different people. A botanist and all will look at it differently. He will look at it as petals and I don't know what else. Hmm. Corolla and all. I don't know whether it is there in the So all this, they will look at it differently but here bhagwan says you look at it as god you look at it as a divinity it is just you have to change your vision that will not spoil your scientific knowledge that will not spoil your practical uh, uh, application of it and all hmm if i look at everything as god i might not be able to function in this world nothing like that we have to change our vision Later on Bhagavan will say that a Mahatma is one who sees God in everything. Vasudeva Sarvamiti, sa Mahatma. He is called a Mahatma who, whose vision has changed. The world remaining same is seen and experienced as divine, as God. World is God only, but our vision has to change. So Punnyo Tejaschasmi Vibhava so so I am that teja in fire. Again Bhagwan comes more close. He says I am there in you only. In fact in our own body there is water. Bhagwan is there in our body as water, as a taste, as fire also the heat is there in us. But Bhagwan comes still closer. And he says, I am the Jivanam Sarvabhuteshu. If you want to know God, you know him as Jivan, as life. Bhagavan says, I am life in all beings. Even a tiny little ant, some matter, that matter is Bhagavan's apara-prakriti. but that life which is there is Bhagavan's paraprakriti. Bhagwan alone is expressing in that little, tiny little ant as life, as moving around. It has got its own charm and its own beauty. It's most miraculous. We can predict what will happen to matter by understanding the laws of nature. But the laws of life functions in a different way. To understand laws of life, we have to study the scriptures. To understand laws of chemistry, you study chemistry, chemicals. To understand laws of matter and energy, physics can help us. But to understand the laws of life, we have to study the scriptures. Last time also I had given an example. If you take a stone, throw it up, it will come down, according to the laws of physics. But a live bird, if you throw it up, where it will go, nobody can tell. Because it follows laws of life. If I, if I jump from the first floor where I will fall and all can be understood laws of physics. But whether I will jump or not will be understood by studying the laws of life. How my mind functions, how my emotions functions, whether I, what, what actions gives what type of result. Will be understood by studying laws of life. Every action has got its own reaction. So if I perform action with love, with anger, with jealousy, what type of reaction will happen will be understood when I understand laws of life, which is called dharma. So Bhagwan says, I am that jivan in all beings, jivanam sarvabhute shu. So even we don't have to go here and there also just close your eyes and feel that uh, life pulsating within you feel your the entire body alive every every cell is alive everything is alive in our body that life because of which the body functions is god alone for some time if god for some time what if god leaves this body as life, the body falls down. It cannot survive, it cannot move, it cannot do anything. So that life, jivanam, sarvabhoteshu, Bhagavan says, I am that life in all beings, even in a tiny little uh, bacteria, I am there as life. And Bhagavan as life doesn't die. The body may fall down dead. The body may undergo change. But that life doesn't die. That life expresses in some other form. So, jivanam sarvabhuteshu, tapas chasmi tapas vishu. Bhagavan says, in the tapas those who perform tapas in order to realize God, those who do various types of sadhanas, hm, sharirik tapas, physical, vachik tapas at the level of speech, Manasik tapas at the level of mind. Tapas means they conserving our physical and uh, emotional and all energy and power and directing it towards a specific goal. A, a, a seeker, a spiritual seeker does tapas to attain that goal of enlightenment. But others also when a businessman is working hard towards gaining something, what he is doing is tapas only. Sometimes they have to go without food, without sleep, so much of hardship. It's also tapas, conserving that energy towards one particular goal, not wasting it in any other direction. But here, Bhagwan is talking about those tapasvis who strive to attain that state of enlightenment. Bhagavan says, I am the tapas in them. That strength, that energy, or that power which one gains through tapas, Bhagwan says, that I am in all of them. So when we are doing tapas, we should know that we are invoking that God in the form of tapa in us. Even when we, we observe mauna, or we do some fasting, or we take a vow of uh, what you call doing some japa or some puja regularly. Whatever be our form of tapas, the that the result which comes or the essence of that tapa is Bhagwan only. When we do it, we experience God as tapas in us. So tapas chasmi, tapas vishu. This is very important because many times the tapas vishu uh, not knowing this may, uh, may develop that ahankar, may develop pride that whatever power I have gained, that is, that is my own. Bhagavan says, no, I am there in you. You are invoking me only through your tapas. Further, he says, bijam <laughs> maamsarvabhutanam. Vidhipārtha-sanātanam Vidhipārtha-sanātanam Buddhir-buddhimatāmasmī Tejas-tejas-vināmaham Bījam-māmsarva-bhūtānam Vidhipārtha-sanātanam Tejas, Tejas, ha. Bhagavan says, I am the bijam, Bij means the seed, bijam maamsarva bhutanam viddi, partha sanatanam he partha, O Arjuna, understand, viddi, understand, that I am the seed or the origin of all beings. I am the cause or I am that very uh, seed of all beings. See, in the world we have seed which get destroyed to become a tree or a plant. But here Bhagwan says, I am Sanatanam Bijam. I am eternal seed of all beings. I am the eternal origin of all beings. There are various types of beings. And so many beings keep on coming, they get extinct, a new type of uh, beings are born, different types of... Actually life is so, so very dynamic that it keeps on modifying and reforming itself, mutating and becoming uh, different every, every moment. We are also constantly, as humanity also, we are constantly changing, modifying. Maybe after a few years a different type of human being will be born after many many years i don't know what will happen just as they say that we have we have evolved from monkeys um, in future i don't know what will happen so different types of beings are there in this world so not only on earth in on earth there are multiple varieties of being but the scriptures talk about other worlds also now science has not discovered life on other planets and all, but uh, in future they might. So other beings also, Bhagwan says, I am that bee in them. So even if you study a seed on earth, it's the most marvelous thing actually, the most miraculous thing, and that is just one seed of one tree. So when you look at the seed, uh, let us say a A papaya seed or or apple seed. If you look at seed, the seed doesn't have any, just by looking at it you will not know what will be the outcome of that seed. If you don't recognize that seed you don't know. But that seed contains the entire information about that apple. That seed doesn't have the material, but it has got that intelligence. Material it takes from the earth. It converts the ordinary soil into trunk, into various branches, into leaves, into flowers, into fruit. It's the most miraculous thing. God is showing his miracle every moment. We should be able to look. We should be able to see it. We only have some notion of miracles of different type. But every moment, Bhagwan is showing miracle to us. So he says I am the Bija, I am the very seed of all beings. So as this as this Apara Prakriti Bhagwan is the very source of the entire creation, he is source of all the different types of life forms, not only on earth but other lokas also. Therefore, he is the seed of the entire entire cosmos. Bija, Sarva Bhutanam. Vidhi partha sanatanam I am the eternal seed deathless I don't die so we can meditate on God as the very source as the seed then buddhir, bhagavan says there are those people who are buddhiman see buddhiman literally it means those who have buddhi they are called buddhiman so we may say everyone of us are buddhiman because we have buddhi But what it means is, Buddhi has got this power to discriminate, to distinguish, to understand things clearly, distinctly. And the spiritual Buddhi is that which has got the power to understand the difference between the seer and the seen. That is called subtle Buddhi, sukshma Buddhi. There are three types of Buddhi. See, whenever we give numbers, immediately people note down. That is the secret actually. If you want people to note down what you say, just mention some numbers. There are three types of buddhi. I hope I remember all three. One is called Shuddha buddhi. Shuddha buddhi means pure intellect. Pure intellect is one which appreciates values. See, when we say honesty, Friendship, compassion, forgiveness, kindness, generosity, hmm? all these are values, humane values. These values have to be understood deeply by our intellect and appreciated. If I am honest because of fear, then my honesty is not proper. But if intellect has appreciated and accepted that value, then it is more deep. Then I can say my intellect has become pure. Otherwise, a person may be functionally good, outwardly good, but may not be really good. But if deeply I appreciate the value of, let us say, non-violence, truthfulness, then whether I am alone or in company, whether I am, I am what you call seen or unseen, I will follow that value very sincerely. It will not depend on the world, what they, their opinion. It will not depend on the uh, country or on the on the time or uh, geography and all. But it will depend on me, my own understanding that I appreciate it and I will follow it. So when intellect appreciates and accepts certain values then that intellect is called pure intellect. Hmm. It's very, very... these values are not at the just physical level. We can't show it like. Suppose a person says that I am a great singer, we can ask him, please sing. But if he says I am a great honest person, okay, show. Can't show like that. Hmm. So that is the purity of the intellect. Then There is second type of intellect which is called Tikshnabuddhi. buddhi is means sharp intellect. Sharp intellect has got the capacity to understand the world and the different uh, objects and different uh, things of this world is understood distinctly. Like a scientist is there, he's got a sharp intellect or a politician or a business person or uh, or an engineer or a doctor, one who understands things of this world can differentiate between one thing and another thing, can differentiate between Dengu and uh, what you call that other, Chikangunya is called sharp intellect that is Tikshna Buddhi But there is and generally people know about this too, but there is the third Buddhi called Sukshma Buddhi which is necessary for a spiritual student. And what is Sukshma Buddhi? The capacity to understand the difference between the seer and the seen. Atma and Anatma. The I and not I. Who, who am I and what, is, what I am not? One should be able to distinguish between these two with the help of the scriptural uh, guidance The one who has got this capacity, that intellect which has got this capacity is called sukshma buddhi. So this buddhi, sukshma buddhi is required to progress in spiritual path. Tikshna buddhi is required to get progress maybe in the world. Shuddha buddhi is required also in the spiritual path. With the Shuddha Buddhi and uh, Sukshma Buddhi, we will be able to understand ourself and we will be able to abide in ourself. So here Bhagwan, when he talks about Buddhimatam, the wise people or those who are Buddhiman, he means those who have the Shuddha Buddhi and those who have Sukshma Buddhi. Bhagwan says, in them, that Buddhi in them is my Vibhuti undi. Buddhist, buddhi matamas, me, because through that sukshma and shuddha buddhi, person will be able to recognize God. Bhagwan says, I am that buddhi in them. Many times people might be very intelligent as far as the world goes, but maybe totally buddhu as far as the spiritual uh, path is there, from the spiritual standpoint. There are people who are very tiksha, those tikshna buddhi without shuddha buddhi, just a little digression from the topic, tikshna buddhi without shuddha buddhi are danger for the society. They are like uh, very dangerous, like Ravan and all. He was very tikshna buddhi, as powerful as ten heads. But there is no shuddhata was there. So he became danger for the world. So anyway, so buddhir buddhi matam asmi. Bhagwan says, I am the buddhi in that buddhiman person. Tejas, Tejasvi namaham, and Tejasvi, Tejasvi means one who is very uh, brilliant in this world, very, very glorious, powerful, intelligent, wise, with all good qualities. They have their own Teja, their, I don't know what is the English term for Teja, whatever is, huh? Hmm? Radiance, okay. Eh? Like some, like even animals. You see, some of the animals, like tiger and all, it has got. He has, it has got its own radiance, like taj. Eh? It doesn't. Uh, when he walks on in the in the forest and all, there is a, a grow, a glamour, of Tej is there. Similarly. When we follow the path of righteousness, we get Teja. Teja doesn't come by going to beauty parlor and all. It's a different type of Teja. It falls off after some time. Whatever. So, that Teja is, uh, when we follow the path of righteousness, we get that Teja. When we follow the path of truthfulness, we get that Teja. When we follow dharma, we get that Teja. Even a little child, when he follows that path of dharma, there is a great teja in him, that even a big person will get scared of him. There is a very famous story of Maharashtra, that Shivaji Maharaj, he was a great, uh, very uh, righteous king, and he had one, uh, uh, one servant who was there outside, and he was guarding that palace, his uh, fort, and he newly appointed. And his uh, master had told him that don't allow anyone to enter. That is your job. So uh, Shivaji had gone somewhere and he came in the evening and he, want to, he wanted to enter. He stopped him. He said, you can't enter. A little boy, young youngster. So Shivaji was surprised. He said, I am Shivaji. I... He said, no Shivaji is nothing. It's my my job that nobody can enter here, and Shivaji was impressed. Actually, he did not get angry. He contacted his and through him he somehow entered. But he was impressed that such a person he was he stood his ground on the path of righteousness. It gets teja like Mahatma Gandhi followed the path of nonviolence and satyagraha and all. He had his own teja. That even the entire British Empire was frightened of him. So that is called Teja. Bhagavan says that Teja is not from you, but it is me only. I am there in you as Teja. If I want to bring about change in this world, or do anything, I have to bring that, invoke that Teja in me. Invoking Teja is invoking God in me. And that we can invoke by following the path of goodness. Righteousness. So Tejas, Tejasvi Namaham, Bhagavan says, I am the Teja in all Tejasvi. Further, he says, Balam Balavatam Chaham Kamaragavivarjitam Dharma Virudho Bhuteshu Kāmosmibharatarshabh Kāmosmibharatarshabh Balam balavatam chaham Kāmaragavivarjitam Dharmā virudhobhuteshu Kāmosmibharatarshabh Balam balavatam chaham Or balam balavatam asmi sammi you might have different uh, reading. So Bhagwan says, Balam balavatam cha aham kama Among balavatam, among those who are strong. Strength is not only of that physical body, but strength of our mind, strength of our intellect, strength of our personality, strength of our words strength of our action. There are some great Mahatmas whose actions are so strong that its effect we see even now. Like our own Pujya Gurudev, the actions which he started perform, we see the result even now. Some, their words are so powerful that even after it is spoken, it lasts for centuries together. Like Bhagavan Sri Krishna. These words we are studying even now. This was uttered during the Mahabharata war, but even now it is relevant. They, they are not like newspaper which one day we read and next day we throw it away. It doesn't have a lasting, what you call, strength. So Bhagawan says that Bala in the strong person, strong people, that strength which is there, Belongs to me. I am that strength. I am that strength. But he also gives the adjective to this strength. What type of strength? Kama Raga Vivarjitam. I am the strength devoid of Kama, desires, and Raga, attachment. Kama Raga Vivarjitam Balam aham Balavatam. I am the strength devoid of this. Devoid of Kama. Kama means... A desire to attain what I don't have. When a person develops this desire, he also develops a great energy to pursue that path and obtain that. But Bhagavan says, that strength I am not. I am not, that, that is not Bhagavan's vibhuti, not special vibhuti. That is also Bhagavan's expression only, but not special vibhuti also when a person is attached to someone or something then also there is great strength strength of attachment but bhagwan says i am not that also i am that strength which comes when a person is free from desire and free from attachment there is a great grand strength in his words in his personality in his actions in his all his being there is a tremendous strength when a person becomes free of desire. Because when I become free of desire, then whatever uh, thoughts come, it belongs to God only then. When I have my desire, then it, uh, the strength becomes limited. But when I drop my desire, and when still that willing happens in the mind, then that willing belongs to God. For example, the worldly example, like a, our own prime minister or a president, when they speak, they speak as the nation. Their voice belongs to the nation, not to that individual. Similarly, when I drop my own egoistic and selfish notion, then my thoughts become Bhagawan's thoughts. The, the, even some desire if it have, comes in my mind, that also belongs to the Lord. Therefore very beautifully when we go approach a Mahatma, we do Namaskar to the Mahatma, Mahatma gives us blessings. The blessings of a Mahatma, the words which a Mahatma utters belongs to God only. It is not an individual who is saying, but it is as though the Lord is saying. And this we can practice by dropping the sense of I and just using the term me or let. For example, when we pray, we say, let me all be happy. Sarve bhavantu sukhinaha. We say, no, sarve bhavantu sukinaha. Sarve Santu Niramaya. What does it mean? We say, may all be happy. May all be happy. There is no I in that statement. Who is saying? I don't know who is saying. May all be happy. There is no person who is saying. There is no individual who is saying. So when there is no individual, but still that statement is being said, that enters the totality and it gets fulfilled. And that is the secret of prayer. In prayer we should not say, I want you to be happy. Then there is problem. If I want you to be happy, then there is problem. But when I say and when I mean that may you be happy, may you be free from all your disease, may you be free from all your uh, calamities or obstacles in your life, may you always be happy, if I say like that, then it is not I who is saying. It is Bhagwan's will only, which is expressing through me. But if even in that, if I have a little I-ness or my-ness, then the strength gets reduced. So that is the secret of this Bala. And that is the secret of Ashirwad also. Bhala ho, we say na, Bhala ho, aapka bhala ho. So me. All be good with you. So when we do Dhamashka to elderly person, he gives us ashirvad. And in that ashirvad, he just becomes a channel for Bhagwan to uh, give his ashirvad. Bhagwan alone gives ashirvad. He alone can bless us. He alone has got the power to bless us. We can just become a channel as though... So that Bala Bhagavan says, in, in, in your words, in your actions, in your feelings, it belongs to me. It is me, not belongs to me, it is I alone as that strength. But it should be devoid of karma and raga. Devoid of desires and devoid of attachment. Desire means I want. Hmm. I want, when I want something which I don't have, that is called kama. And when I am attached to what I have, that is called raga. So kama raga vivarjitam balam balavatam cha aham. Dharma viruddho bhuteshu kamosmi bharatarshava. That doesn't mean Bhagavan says not that I am not kama. I am kama also. But that kama or desire should be in tune with dharma. Dharma aviruddho means that desire which is not against dharma, not against righteousness, that kama or that desire also is my vibhuti. When a desire arises in my mind which is not against righteousness, that is Bhagwan only. Simple desire of maintaining my body, do, performing my duties towards myself, towards my family, towards the society. This also desire. But this desire since it is in tune with righteousness, Bhagavan says it is my vibhuti. It is not against me. So Dharma viruddho Bhuteshu Kamosmi Bharatarishabha So it is not against desires. Hey Bharatarishva, oh great among Bharatakula, that even I am, I express as desire also. But that desire should be in tune with righteousness. And that is what has brought about great changes in this world. Transformation, positive transformation has come in this world by this type of desire only. And this desire of great Mahatma is what we call sankalpa, Shiva sankalpa, good sankalpa, good desire. That is also desire, but it is not against dharma. So, dharma virudho bhuteshu kamosmi bharatashabha. In this way, Bhagwan has uh, revealed few of his vibhutis to uh, Arjuna so that he can experience God in everything. In water, on earth, in the sun, the moon, in life, everywhere. We can experience the presence of God. We have to feel in the beginning that uh, bhav may not be there, but we have to bring that bhav. We have to feel the presence of God, and that is how the various types of rituals and all were are there in our culture. We have started doing the ritual, but we have forgotten the bhav behind it. Even if the ritual is not done, doesn't matter. Pick up that bhav. When we say, uh, when we do puja of, let us say, of the river, the idea is to see divinity in the river. But nowadays we have a list of how to do puja and all, when to pour that uh, flowers and this and that, and afterwards put that plastic bag also there. That is our way of doing puja. Gangaji also keeps telling us, please, Miris puja mat karo. Chordhu. That is not puja. Puja means reverence, deep reverence. And these are just upchar, which were traditionally there, because if we revere someone, we like to give, offer something. But you need not offer anything. Just have that reverence for that. That itself is called puja. So Bhagwan has revealed these various types of uh, vibhuti here. Now he concludes in the next verse. He says, Echaiva Sattvika Bhavaha Echaiva Sattvika Bhavaha Rajasasthama Sashcaye Rajasasthama Sashcaye Matta evetitan vidhi natva ham te shu mai natva shu mai e va satvika bhava raja sastama matta e ve te natva shu mai huh. Instead of giving elaborately so many his vibhoutis, Bhagwan concludes by saying that all that is expressed as the expression of sattva rajogun, guna, and tamogund. Echaiva sattvika bhava. Bhava means expression. The expressions of sattva rajogun, and tamogun. This prakriti which we talked, Bhagwan talked about as apara and para-prakriti, this, this Prakriti also has got these three gunas inherent in it. Satvagun, Rajagun and Tamagun is inherent in the Prakriti. So the Ashtadha Prakriti, even the, the Pancha Akash, Akashvayu Agni Jal Prithvi, they also have their inborn within them these three gunas. The mind also, trigonatmika, the ahankar also, the veta also, the what you call, uh, and all the expressions as human being, animal, bird, plant, the different seasons, the different objects, the different uh, uh, feelings and everything is basically of three, uh, three types, satvik, rajasik, tamasic. More about this we will study in the 14th chapter. But Sattva guna is considered pure. Rajoguna is activity. And Tamoguna is Jadatva, inertia. Tamoguna is inertia. Rajoguna is activity. And Sattva guna is purity or intelligence. So these three gunas are experienced in our mind also. So in our mind also sometimes we feel lazy and tired and sleepy. That is the effect of tamogun. Effect of tamogun. Then we feel very energetic, oh, isakarangi, isa and all sorts of ideas come and we want to do and become active and all. That is rajogun. That's the effect of rajogun. And we feel very peaceful. We feel very happy. We feel great uh, devotion for the entire creation. That is satvagun, purity, knowledge, peace is the is the expression of that sattva guna in our mind. But the uh, three gunas are expressed in our body also, in nature also, even in time. Like uh, morning time and all is considered sattvic. Uh, okay. During the day it's the uh, rajasic. The evening, night, and all is considered tamasic. So even time has got these three gunas, everything has got these three gunas, our thoughts. So when a particular thought comes, it can be classified as sattvic, rajasic, tamasic. So Bhagwan says all these expressions, sattvic, rajasic, tamasic, of objects, thoughts, emotions, people, beings, time, space, lokas, everything, Bhagavan says, you understand, they are arising from me only. Because they are my expressions of my prakriti. So, e sattvika bhavaha rajasaha tamasaha cha ye matta evetitan viddi. Understand, they are from me alone. So, even when we sit and meditate, we have to understand that when a particular thought comes, the source of that thought is God alone. It's the most miraculous thing that we are sitting and these thoughts arising, just emotions arising. Sometimes the person feels sleepy. Sometimes in Pravachan also all three of types of thoughts you can see. When we are very attentive, understanding, enjoying, peaceful, that is Rajasik. Rajasik Avastha. And we are restless. You mean phone call comes and this and disturbance. And we kya ho what is happening, kitna time is it? That is Rajasik. And when we are this No expression on the face. Huh? Mind is not thinking. Not understanding. So dullness is there. That is Tamasik. And the beauty is Tamashik and Sattvic sometimes look alike. (laughs) So in Pravachan actually you can one can escape like. You were sleeping, no, I was meditating. (laughs) So you can just it and these three gunas are so beautiful actually, when we study them, it's very interesting. They are opposed to each other. But they when they are in samyavasta, when they are in total equilibrium, then the whole world goes into state of dissolution. But when they are unequal, uh, you can see the expression as of this world. Sattva guna is against Rajogun and Tamogun. When the Sattva rises, the Tamogun and Rajogun goes down. All three together, if you say 100%, so when Satva Guna rises, it becomes 90%, the other two becomes 10%. So Rajogun also goes down and Tamogun also goes down. When Tamogun rises, Satva guna goes down, Rajagun, I mean, uh, Rajogun goes down. So they are together. We can see it, like when we become more and more sleepy, our activity slows down and understanding also slows down. When we become Rajasik, Our laziness and sleep and all goes away, but our understanding also goes away. A person who is very active also cannot understand things, becomes, remains dull. Too much activity makes a person little dull only. At the same time, if the sattva guna arises, the rajogun also slows, goes down and tamogun goes down. So they are like, opposed to each other, but they stay together also. And they keep on expressing. So Bhagavan says, all this expression of sattva Rajogun and tamogon, you understand, hey Arjuna, arising from me. So if you go to the source of these three gunas, if you go to the very, uh, the very origin of these three gunas, we will uh, discover God. So in our own mind also, instead of uh, paying attention to the type of thoughts which are coming, try to find out from where they are coming. What is the source? And that source, that very origin is the Lord himself. We get so much attracted by the thoughts that we forget the source. We forget the source. So here Bhagwan is saying that understand that I am the source of all Sattvic, Rajasic, Tamasic expressions. So each eva satvika bhavaha rajasastamaschaye matta eva titan matta eva. I am I alone am the source, not anywhere else. Nattuaham teshu temai, but finally Bhagwan gives a very important statement. He says that Natu Aham Teshu Temai, I don't exist in them they exist in me i am not in them they are in me this is a very important statement and very important for our sadhana also bhagwan after giving his all his uh, vibhutis and talking about this prakriti and all the whole world which we see is the expression of god with all beings and everything bhagwan finally says i am what you call, I am not in them, they are in me. Means I don't depend on the world, world depends on me. I don't depend on the thoughts, the thoughts depend on me. My existence is not dependent on the existence of the world, but the existence of the world depends on me. This very important point which we should understand. And, As that pure self also we should understand that the the world depends on me. Means the existence of the world is because of me, but my existence is not because of the world. Like our dream. The dream exists because of you, but you don't exist because of the dream. When you wake up, dream is no longer there, but you are still there. Like the famous examples... Given in Vedanta of the rope and snake, when we see a, a, a what you call a snake on the rope, a rope is lying in the dark place, semi-dark, and we feel that there is a snake. So that snake exists on the rope. The existence of the snake depends on the rope but the existence of the rope is independent it doesn't depend on the snake even if the snake is not there the rope exists and rope doesn't exist in snake means the qualities of the snake is different from the qualities of the rope the rope is uh, the rope is uh, neither poisonous nor non poisonous but the snake exp- appears to be poisonous or non poisonous So, this is very important. So, even when we sit for meditation, when the thoughts come, you keep this in mind that these thoughts exist in you. You are not existing in the thought. In the beginning, we say God exists in this world. That is a beginning. But a higher understanding, the world exists in God. To say God exists in world is to limit God. To say God exists in world is to say world is big and God is little small. And that is the initial understanding in a in a person's mind. Generally we have Bhagwan hai dunya bhagwan bhagwan hai So we give importance to the dunya and then God is there. Bhagwan says no. I am there and the world exists in me. In the 11th chapter, Bhagwan says that in a little portion of me uh, exists this entire world. Just as our dream, again I am giving example. The dream arises from your mind. But which portion of your mind? Only a little portion of your mind. Your mind has got the capacity to create infinite dreams. But when one particular dream is there, one little portion of your mind creates it. So the entire world which you have created in your dream exists in a tiny little portion of your mind. Bhagavan says this whole world exists in a little bit uh, uh, amsha of me. So the world exists in me, I don't exist in the world. Na aham teshu te mai. So this is for our meditation for our sadhana we should keep this in mind don't look for god in the world understand that you and the world everything exists in god we are sitting in his lap it's a paradigm shift it's a changing our attitude hmm i hope you are understanding what i'm saying hmm. just as uh, this in the hall we are sitting in the hall, so hall is big and we are our body is small. So when we say God exists in the world, the world will become big and God will be small. But no, it's other way around. God is big and the world exists in Him. So matta eva titan natvaham teshu te So thus Bhagwan in detail talked about His vibhutis. And told Arjuna that you experience me. I am there everywhere. Experience me. Experience this divinity. First you look for me everywhere and then you understand that everything is in me. You yourself are in me. In fact, you and I are not different. It's like the wave searching for the ocean everywhere looking at it everywhere. Where is the ocean? Where is the ocean? But finally the wave come to know that I plus other waves are existing in ocean only. We don't have to look for ocean in other waves, but all of us exist in that ocean. So it is so beautiful, Bhagwan says, I am there for you to experience. Now one question comes in our mind, that if God is so simple and so very present and uh, can be experienced all the time. What prevents a person from experiencing God? What is that which, because of which we can't experience the presence of God everywhere and in me also? What is the problem? What is the obstacle? So in the next verse Bhagwan now comes up with the obstacle what is the obstacle he says tribher gunamayair bhavaihi ye bhisva medam jagat mohitam na bhijanati tribher GUNAMAYER bhavaihi ye bhis sarvam idam jagat mohitam na vijanati mamebhyaparamavyam ha bhagwan says these three gunas which are there my own three gunas gunas of this prakriti is tribhi hi gunamayehi satva gun rajo the vikar of these three gunas, the modification of these three gunas in the form of uh, rag, dvesh, delusion, huh, anger, jealousies and all, the vikar of these three gunas. See, you have to understand these uh, three terms. Again, three. huh? Prakriti, Vikruti and Sanskriti. They are related terms. Prakriti means that which is a nature, that which is natural. It's called Prakriti. Prakrit also we say. Natural. Vikruti means a modification of that. Usually a negative modification. Hmm. Vikar. For example, an apple uh, when it is uh, it uh, it grows and it is fully um, developed, beautiful expression of nature. It's natural. But if you just leave it uh, just like that, it slowly decomposes and just changes. Like Vikar aa jata hai Natural. Hmm. It gets spoiled. It gets spoiled. Like we have water. You keep it, slowly it gets polluted, lot of things come and it becomes a little, I mean, dirty. So natural and spoilt, spoilt is called vikrut. And when we modify it positively, make it better, that is called sanskrit. Samskar ham For example, naturally something is there, some material is there, like a stone is there. It is natural. We then um, uh, carve it and all and make a beautiful image out of that stone. That's a special samskar we have given. We have modified it positively. So similarly, in our mind also, this uh, Satvagon rajagun, tamagun and those thoughts keep on coming. But those thoughts, in their most natural form, without... Interference of, uh, our ego and all is pure, but then those thoughts become impure naturally. It becomes vikar, usme And therefore, we have to put some samskar in them. We have to modify them properly. However, our actions, our emotions, they are uh, natural, then they get spoiled, and we have to put proper samskar on it. So here, Bhagwan says this: uh, the three gunas, and because of the vikars of the three gunas, which are also natural, uh, human beings they develop these negative tendencies like uh, attachment and uh, dislike and anger and delusion. These are all vikar of this prakriti. So, because of this vikar, Bhagavan says, though I am existing everywhere, a person doesn't experience me. They say an eye, when there is vikar, we can't see things properly. For example, that uh, cataract. Cataract when ha- uh, comes and uh, the uh, thing gets spoiled, the lens and all, I can't see properly. So, that is vikar. Then again, when I correct it and all, I can see Similarly, these three gunas undergo constant change. That is the very nature of these gunas. Const- the Prakriti always keep on changing and all. That is the nature of this Prakriti. Because of this Vikar of this Prakriti, Tribhir Gunamayaihi Bhavaihi Sarvamidam Jagata, this entire world, means all the beings of this world, by nature, because of this Vikar in nature, mohitam, they have become deluded, and because of this delusion, na abhijanati, they do not recognize me. They don't recognize me. Though I am of the nature of God, I am divine, I cannot recognize my divinity because of this disturbance of my own thoughts, my own emotions. It's like a person, very intelligent person. You give him some I mean this experiment. Huh? you don't have to do that experiment, but you give him some uh, alcohol and all. That intelligent person start behaving non-intelligently. You don't have to do experiments, just you go around, you will see experiments happening here and there. Very intelligent person, knows what is good and bad, knows what is right and wrong, knows his duties. Huh? He takes, then he forgets his... his then he takes some more, then he forgets some more. Then he doesn't know what is good and bad, what is right and wrong. Then starts shouting, jumping and all, and controlling the traffic and all, if he's outside. I don't know, great attraction they have of taking care of the traffic. <laughs> and they become very friendly with dogs and cats on the street and all. Anyway, so, how that intelligent person, brilliant, scholarly, most, most very good person, how is he behaving like a like a like a donkey? I'm sorry, donkeys might get feel hurt. Like a, someone who is not very this intelligent. What happens? Vikar has taken place. So our intellect, which is pure, has got the has got the inbuilt uh, your, uh, programming of becoming Vikarion. Also, it can get spoiled. It can get spoiled. And all the badness and all the negativities which you see in this world, in human beings and all, is nothing but the pollutants, because of the vikar of the mind and intellect. Essentially, all of us are good. Potentially, we are God. We are God. But that vikar comes, and because of this vikar, we fail to recognize our own divinity. That is... This, in the next verse, Bhagavan calls it is Maya also. This great uh, delusory power of the Lord. So, Mohitam, having got deluded because of this, na abhijanat imam, Bhagavan says, he doesn't recognize me. He doesn't recognize me in this world. He doesn't recognize me in his own self, as his own self. Though I am there, very much available clear, but he cannot recognize me because of this. (coughs) Like the sun, the brilliance of the sun you can see reflected in the waters. But if the water, when the water becomes dirty, the brilliance slowly diminishes and finally we can't see it. Not because the sun has become less brilliant, but because of the vikar in the water. Similarly, not that God becomes less. God is there. Hari vyapak sarvatra samana Everywhere he is same. But because of this vikar in the mind, in the intellect, in our actions, in our feelings, in our personality, because of this vikar, of these three gunas, Bhagwan says, people or beings don't know me. Na abhijanati maam that I am a param. that I am beyond all these uh, three gunas and beyond this prakriti. They belong to me. They exist in me. I don't exist in them. I don't exist in them. I am beyond this prakriti. I am beyond para as well as apara prakriti. So, not recognizing me as param and avvayam. Avvayam means indestructible. Why? Because of this moha, because of this delusion. So, how to transcend this de- delusion? How to go beyond this delusion of these three gunas? That now, Bhagwan will tell in the next verse. A very beautiful and a very famous verse. We will, uh, we will what? We will chant it, but see it tomorrow. Devi hesha gunamayi daivih hesha gunamayi mama maya duratya mama maya duratya mamevaye prapadyante mamevaye prapadyante mayam yetam daivi hesha mama maya duratya mamevaye prapadyante mayam etam tarantite just close your eyes and sit quietly and try to experience all that you have heard today Feel the presence of God in and around you. God exists as life in you. God exists as the intelligence in you. God exists as the teja in you. God exists as your very self.